Hi and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, Pastor Adam Osher continue their discussion on the small called articles. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right. Welcome back, guys. More We're... original sin. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and today... <laughs> <laughs> Last week, I ended the, the story yeah. a, a little bit rough on Jason. I just want everybody to know how much I appreciate his wisdom. That I'm smarter than you? <laughs> yeah. That, Adam, you, everything about that sentence, not laughing while I said it, was hard. So just take it yeah. and let's move That's on. A, let's face it. You threw me under the bus. You threw it in reverse and double tap just in case. It was my original sin. Yeah. Really? It's that. Yeah. the third Adam. The third Adam. Yes. Here I am. Good. Brett, I interrupted you. That's You okay. were saying something no, probably you're, profound, you're wise, godly. No. Kind. No. Uh, no. Neutral. <laughs> <laughs> Brett is moral neutral if there ever was. Uh, oh. Whiteness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, we, uh, why don't you read the rest of the article? Yeah, Brett. let's let's do that. I, and, I can uh, hear the podcast apps being closed as we speak. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we are are going to read the rest of the article on sin, picking up at paragraph three. It says this: This hereditary sin is so deep a corruption of nature that reason cannot understand it. It must be believed because of the revelation in scriptures. And there's a bunch of passages listed. What the scholastic theologians taught concerning this article is therefore nothing but error and stupidity. Name <laughs> I love Luther so much. <laughs> Namely, number one, that after the fall of Adam, the natural powers of man have remained whole and uncorrupted, and that by that man by nature possesses a right understanding and a good will, as the philosophers teach. Number two, again that a man has a free will either to do good and refrain from evil or to refrain from good and do evil. Number three, again, that a man is able to, by his natural powers, to observe and keep all the commandments of God. Number four, again, that a man is able, by his natural powers, to love God above all things and his neighbor as himself. Number five, again, if a man does what he can, God is certain to grant him his grace. Number six, again, when a man goes to the sacrament, there is no need of a good intention to do what he ought, but it is enough that he does not have an evil intention to commit sin, for such is the goodness of man's nature, and such is the power of the sacrament. Number seven, that it cannot be proved from the scriptures that the Holy Spirit and his gifts are necessary for the performance of a good work. And uh, he wraps it up here. Such and many similar notions have resulted from misunderstanding and ignorance concerning sin and concerning Christ our Savior. They are thoroughly pagan doctrines, and we cannot tolerate them. If such teachings were true, Christ would have died in vain, for there would be no defect or sin in man for which he would have would have had to die, or else he would have to have died only for the body and not for the soul, inasmuch as the soul would be sound and the only body would be subject to death. Hmm. hmm. Is that the response? That, well, no, hmm, I was yeah. actually interested in that very <laughs> last thing. Yes. Yes. I, I never, yeah, and, and you think about it in this, in this article here, um, we talk about this at different times, the danger of separating Christ's, um, you know, you know, human nature and his divine nature, or the, or the fact that we do this often 
oftentimes, especially in our culture where we separate kind of our mind Mm -hmm. from our body, we divorce those two things as though there's some wall between them. And it's interesting how, um, you know, how Luther ties that very notion, the idea of divorcing those two things into the idea of original sin, right? That if, if original sin wasn't an issue, Jesus, uh, you know, our souls are good. He didn't have to die for that. It was just nope. our bodies that mm. we had to be fixed, you know? That's interesting, very interesting. And in so many ways in which that's perverted and corrupted today. Uh, you know, Nancy Piercy writes a great book, uh, Love no, Thy Body. Let's, well, hold on, let's make sure. She's not one of the ones perverting and corrupting this. No, it was she's just not, a weird segue. <laughs> she does a great job of, of exploiting <laughs> that, that bad theology, but it really stems back, as Luther says, to the original. Well, if you've ever heard at any point in time, especially from the liberal wing of the church, and I put that in scare quotes in this case, uh, those who accuse God of divine child abuse for sending his son to the cross, Mm. this is the error right here. It's because they think there's still something good in us that Christ didn't have have to die. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And and the, the main sin of those who have abandoned the authority of the word and the inerrancy of the word and have embraced cultural Christianity, and I mean Christianity that kowtows to the culture, the main error is that they think there's not only a spark of goodness, but actual goodness in us. Mm-hmm. And, it, and for all intents and purposes, it becomes Buddhism at that point mm-hmm. in time. Just needs to be kindled. Yeah, it, it is. It's Buddhism. It, it's it's really every other Every other religion, religion mm-hmm. including the perversions that are of so-called Christianity yep. that say that, no, we can, we can somehow help God out. Yeah. But when you hear Brett read at the end of the article where Luther calls it a pagan doctrine, it's yeah. exactly what it is, is if, if your doctrine of sin means that you can be buddy, buddy mm-hmm. confessionally with a Buddhist, it's a pagan doctrine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm still, I'm still thinking about that Flacius guy you brought up last, <laughs> uh, you know, this, and what you're saying is like the opposite on one spectrum. And, and then you have this, sounds like this Flacius guy was all the way on just, well, whoops. Yeah, go ahead. It's, it's a situation again, where we, we've talked about it's find the tension and live there. So yeah. much of theology is finding the tension yeah. and live there. And, and throughout the years throughout the history of the church, there have been heretics who were earnestly trying to do a good work, who were earnestly trying to do the right thing. Now, some of, most of the heretics, probably, yeah, well, most of the heretics in church history are just lunatics. They got it wrong. You know, Marcion, whatever, the evil God of the Old Testament, the good God of the New Testament. There's nothing to preserve there. But you get to someone like Nestorius. Nestorius is the first guy who did this. And Nestorius rises out of Arianism, and, and he wants to make sure that we are, Christ was both divine and human. And so his error is then it's like two boards glued together so that you have two Jesuses instead of one Jesus. That's the, the error of Nestorianism. Nestorianism. Nestorius was fighting against the monophysites. And you end up looking at him and say, no, 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 that's also heresy, right? And Flacius does the same thing. It's, he is so fighting against the new Pelagians is what they're called in the book of Concord. These, these new heretics that are embracing this British monk named Pelagius. They're embracing his teaching that says we're good in ourselves that we can merit the grace of God just through our own efforts. And Christ is like the backup plan, right? Uh, and Flacius comes along and says, no, 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 that there's nothing good in you at all. In fact, you are in your nature evil. And Flacius, a good buddy at the time, Chemnitz says, bump the brake there, Matt, 
Just just hold on a second. Matt. And, yeah, Matt Matthias. <laughs> pretty sure that it's like Marty and Matt were hanging out yeah. <laughs> at the pub. And and Chemnitz, like, there's re- records of he was confronted about this. He's like, no, no, no. We are so thoroughly sinful that our nature is sinful. And so the Book of Concord launches into this discussion of what do you mean by nature? And, and in uh, Formula Article 1, they, they lay out the argument. If you're talking about the nature of man is like it is the nature of a serpent to bite. That's the direct quote from Article 1. Then we can say we are of our nature sinful and unclean. We confess that in the traditional confession of sin in the worship service. That I confess that I am of my nature sinful and unclean. That I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. That it is, it is a natural thing for me to sin. Okay. But if philosophically we're talking that in your essence, in your atoms, not A-D-A-M-S. A-T- I keep getting brought up. Atoms, that you are evil. What that does philosophically is it makes God the author and creator of evil. And we have to unpack everything we know about theology if God is malicious. We, we can't trust him. There's, there's nothing good. And so, you know, starting with Luther and then Chemnitz say, we got to pump the brakes with how we talk about original sin, which rounds it back to where we're at right now. Yeah. Let's yep. be precise right. with what we can and cannot do yep. because of what Adam did. Right. Help me flesh that out a little bit uh, biblically. So let, let's pretend we're using the biblical illustration of death. We are dead in our trespasses and sins mm-hmm. in which we formerly walked, da, 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 da. That's Ephesians 2. Yep. So um, I've done a lot of funerals. We've, we've all been there. We've had loved ones who've died. And <clears throat> as, I, as I go to that funeral and I see the person, maybe at the visitation, you see them in the casket, they're a human. <laughs> they're just a dead human, right? Yeah, Is, isn't that right? It's just a corpse, just yeah, a body. But, but it's still human. Essentially, it's, it's human. And so just because our nature is dead does not make us, as an essence, dead. Do you see what well, our, our evil? Just because our nature is dead and prone to then evil and, and, and only, you know, only that in terms of our in terms of our uh, ability to sin and, and, and please God, right? It, there's nothing good in us that's going to please God. You have a death there and and there is nothing good that can come, uh, you know, nothing, nothing that we can do to make ourselves alive, yet essentially we're still human. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, in, in the church, in systematic theology, we talk about a double death and I can round back to that. I know you had something else. Yeah, so, so we talk about that and then going to the, the difference of the new creation, Mm-hmm. Like Paul also talks about that. So what what is the the old is gone, the new has come. It's not a, what what happens in conversion. And I know that's not properly what we're speaking about here directly, but what happens in conversion is not a cleaning up of an old thing. It's a putting lipstick on a pig. Yeah, yeah. it's a dead thing becoming alive. It's something old becoming something new, yeah. a brand new creation. So go ahead, Jason. Talk so yeah, create and the new creation is that we're not just simply better versions of our sinful selves. And the, where we go back to this is back to the curse in Genesis 2. And, Gen- and I don't have my Bible open right now. It's Genesis 2, 17, 18, where uh, God says, you shall not eat of the tree, of the fruit, of the knowledge, of good and evil, uh, <laughs> or eating from it, you will surely die. And so what's interesting in that phrase is that the, the literal Hebrew of that is dying, you shall die. And mm. it is poetically emphatic, but there's an actual truth to the literalness of what it is. And, and that is understanding humans as both soul and body creatures. 
And, and this is part of where the world gets it wrong, is that uh, in the church even, we will teach that we are souls that have a body. Yeah. And, and that's wrong. You are a body and you are a soul. And death, in fact, is the separation of the soul from the body. You're not, death is not freeing the soul from the body. It's this unnatural separation of the soul from the body. So you go back to this curse, dying you shall die. And what we confess is that there's a double death sentence that comes from disobedience to God and sin. And you look at it and it's once you walk through it, you start to see it. Because Adam and Eve inviting the quince uh, mm. from the from the tree of the knowledge, <laughs> the kumquat, the kumquat, the, kumquat, yes. uh, the papaya uh, is uh, whatever they bit into. Yeah, they didn't keel over and die. And this is the the temptation of Satan. Because Satan says, did God say, and then he lies, he said, you will not surely die. And, and what I've come to understand, this is extra biblical, but this is how I sort it out in my brain. What I come to understand is, I don't know that Eve actually conceived that if I bite this, I'm going to fall over dead. And then why, I, I think why Adam ate is that Eve didn't fall over dead. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so you, you, some people will argue, well, they didn't even know what death is because nothing had died, all of these things, but that, it's you like, know. Oh, nothing seemed to happen. Yeah. yeah. And so they don't fall over death, but the death that happens there is spiritual death. Yeah. Yeah. And the spiritual death is typified by separation from God. And so they're banished. Well, and shame. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, the the, yeah. the nakedness that it shows they now up. felt. Yeah. yeah. It shows up in shame, but it's typified by the separation of fellowship with God in the garden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then the, the, the commentary that we read immediately after the banishment, starting with Genesis 4, which is the death of Abel, and then the genealogy and death of uh, everyone else is Adam had other sons and daughters and he died. Seth had other sons and daughters and he died. Lamech had other sons and daughters and he died. And you go all the way through Methuselah and, and Jared and all the other guys who are named in Genesis 5. The names aren't important. Their jobs aren't necessarily important. The phrase repeated and, and in Hebrew repetition always means emphasis. It can mean other things too. It always means emphasis. And he died. And he died. And he died. The physical death comes after the spiritual death. And this is what we're talking about with original sin. So uh, when Paul comes around in Ephesians 2, 1 and said, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Well, I'm flesh and blood. I'm breathing right now. I'm very much alive. No, you're spiritually dead. You have no way of getting to God, of communing with God, of having fellowship with God. And so what God does is that he raises you to new life through the gospel. That mm-hmm. faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God, or the gospel is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Yeah. And so if anyone is in Christ, he yeah. is a new creation. The old has gone. Right. So your old sinful nature is put to death and your new spiritual nature is brought to life. Now this has payoff in Revelation because Revelation talks about the second death and the second resurrection. And so you die spiritually first you die physically second. At the end times, you are raised spiritually first. That's in your baptism. Yeah. And then you are raised to life physically at the end of time. So you have two deaths and two resurrections. And this is the focal point of the Christian life in Scripture. Hmm. My uh, Nice little chiastic yeah. uh, picture there. 
my, my internship pastor used to say, if you die before you die, then when you die, you won't die. Yeah. And uh, I, I like that. Like, it's kind of a good, memorable thing. Way to summarize what you just said. Yeah, it's... Yeah. it's Looking at that, you start to see why we need to be so specific about original mm-hmm. sin and what it's talking right. about. Right, because, you know, all these errors that we haven't talked a lot about here, but, you know, the, the list of seven that's in here, uh, you know, it's it's not necessarily speaking to the, the Flacius, you know, that's, that's that side of the equation, but it's more about, and this sounds very much like, almost like American Christianity here, the, the errors huh. that are listed here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, Adam, you, you said that just looking at this again, you're like, am I reading the book of Concord? And yeah. like, <laughs> well, I, yeah, because I, I didn't read the, the line about, therefore, the scholastic theologians have taught pure error and stupidity <laughs> against this article. I, I missed that Namely, line because yeah. I had highlighted the part above. And then I start reading this list. I was like, that after the fall, the natural powers of the human being have remained whole and uncorrupted? What? What are they talking about? <laughs> and realizing all of these are failures, errors. One of the big things, you asked this last week, and this is a little bit of a shift now um, from what we've been talking about, but you asked last week the question of how did I see that in in ministry? How do I Mm. see that in a practical Mm -hmm. way played out? One of the ongoing, and I mean ongoing, deeply pervasive things that comes with our, our, our students come in with is the idea that we have free will. Mm-hmm. That we need to either accept God or reject Him. That we and it, and and that's absolutely inaccurate <laughs> to what. And I know you said we'll talk about this uh, when we get to the formula, but I don't know when that'll be. So seventeen years. L- l- let's talk about it give now. Or yeah. <laughs> give, give, give or take. Give or take. Seventeen years. Um, yeah. But that whole idea of free will yeah. is is one that we we just don't have that uh, a corrupted, um, not corrupt, a, 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 a original sin nature, a dead in trespasses and sin nature doesn't have the ability to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to receive it. And all of these errors that Luther lists in all all seven of them are all uh, synergistic, us working with God to be saved kind of errors, but we see them all the time. We see them in the church. We see them in our churches. We see them talking with people. It's this idea that we have this notion that somehow I have something in me that's okay and it's not okay. And and that's what's so important about our uh, paragraph three when he says that this is something that has to be believed on the basis of revelation in the scriptures. To me, it feels like I've chosen God, right? Yep. When, when we, you know, I, I have baptized. decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. What I want everybody to know is the arm dance that Jason was doing at the same time. It was like a horrible end zone dance. Um, all of it. But the whole, it feels to us like a decision. Yep. Yeah. But what, and what I tell my students is this, I say at the end of the day, you are confessing Christ. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I believe that I have a buddy. I tell them this story. I, I evangelized to him. I preached the gospel to him for lack of a better way to say it. Ultra clumsy high school way of doing things. We're in our neighbors. It was his cousin's driveway. And he goes, he goes, you know, what in the, and he, he swore, are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, well, that went well. So I ignored it. And a couple months later, he comes back and he's like, I'm in. Huh. Well, and, and from his perspective, and, and from our perspective, 
it feels like we're saying, yeah, we're in. Yeah, I can. I can. But what we don't recognize, and we have to understand in the revelation of the scriptures, is the only way we're saying that is, is by the Holy Spirit. Our, 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 holy, our, 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 our selves, our dead selves have been made alive in Christ. Yeah. The Holy Spirit has come in and done a work that we have no capability of saying, yep, I'm in. But all of a sudden to us, it feels like, oh, I'm in. So therefore, we, we buy, buy into these lies. We buy into the fact that we are somehow... Uh, you know, yeah. we have free will that by using natural powers, we can love our neighbors and God like we're supposed to mm. by, you know, just go to the sacrament so that we just, you know, can can do so because, uh, you know, it, it just kind of urges us on to more good things. Not a not a recognition of we're dead creatures made alive. And the amazing thing about all that is when your friend said, I'm in, you actually thought he was just talking about going to TP old man Thompson's house because it was three months <laughs> after you were talking about this. You're like, oh, let's go. Oh, wait. Oh, I, did, I did actually ask him. So in for what? He yeah. goes, you know that thing we were talking about in the driveway that day? It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. It was, yeah, and... Yes, and so. <laughs> uh, I, no, I was oh, sorry. Man, I just came up. I love, I, I love I watched Scooby Doo yesterday. Yeah, that's that's yeah. funny. Oh, I was just going to mention that, and I love you know Pastor Haugen's. We must, we cannot, we do. Yep. And need mm-hmm. to keep those three things in tension, and uh, and I think the hardest one for people in general to to hold to is the we cannot of, of those three. Well, it's, and I get this from Brian Wolfmuller, who I know doesn't listen, but give credit to where credit is due, is that uh, American Christianity thinks that the will cooperates with conversion, and what the Bible teaches us is the will is the object of conversion, hmm. that hmm. it's what needs to be converted. Mm-hmm. And if you get to the point where you're like, I believe that, yeah, I, Jesus, I'm, I totally want to be on Jesus' side, you can't even say that unless the Holy Spirit has done the work of converting your heart. Now, if you say that, praise God, mm-hmm. because sometimes the gospel comes to us by means of invitation. Sometimes the Holy Spirit draws a confession out of us through the invitation, but it's still the Spirit. Yep. It's yep. still the, uh, the efficacious means of grace. And you're right. All of these errors that are listed here by Luther in Small Called 3.1, uh, they're all synergistic. They're all, what is my part in doing this? They're all Pelagian or semi-Pelagian, if you want to get with mm-hmm. the technical term. Mm-hmm. And what, what's interesting to me, because we need to wrap this up, yeah. is that you get to the big three at the end. And he calls the, the synergistic, Pelagianistic uh, heresy, it's heathen, right? That all of the other religions in the world, this is how they operate. Why would, you know, Christianity be on that same plane? It's heathen. It's, it's wrong because God has sent Christ for no reason. If we can convert ourselves, we don't need Jesus, that plain and simple, that's what you get down to every time you go down this path as well. If I can contribute, if I make the decision, if I do this, if I do this, if I do this, I don't need Jesus. You just need to do a little bit more and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. And what it ends up being is that it ends up being functionally Gnostic. Hmm. That Christ needs to die for body and soul and not one or the other. We cannot artificially divide ourselves into the, the murky, gross stuff of creation and the pristine spirit. That Jesus has died for your mind, soul, body, everything wrapped into it, which is why he became mind, soul, body. He was born into the likeness of human flesh to redeem everything that succumbs to the sin of human flesh. Yeah. Amen. Well, 
since you almost had the last word last episode. I won't even say anything yeah, this Adam, time. Adam, would Adam. you would you close out the episode with a final word? Oh, well, actually, I don't have a Bible verse, but... Uh, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have now, to be. Now yeah. I feel bad. I no. uh, I actually was thinking, and I, I, I want... Yeah, I, it just... Yeah, that's good, Jason. What I wanted to say was this. It says that human beings, this is error number five, that if human beings do as much in their power, then God will certainly give grace to them. It's like somehow if we do enough that God will see that we mean business. And that's literally a phrase that is used by a particular church in North Dakota that has a pamphlet that says how to get saved. It's that repentance is showing God that you mean business, that somehow your will has to somehow be contrite and sorry, but by the time you get there, but the, but the beauty, and, and this is the answer, uh, in, in, in Ephesians 2, we, we talked about that a lot, we're dead in transpessions and sins, but the gospel is but God being rich in mercy. Yeah. Amen. He is the one who's come and made our dead souls alive. We can't show him we mean business. We, we fail, but he has come. And he has made us alive together with Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. The Free Lutheran Bible College invites you to attend Christmas at the Free Lutheran Bible College on December 1st through December 3rd. Featuring performances by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary Choirs and the Symphonic Wind Ensembles. Register for free or find live streaming information at flbc.edu slash Christmas. God bless you and have a great week.